Hello and welcome to China on the Rocks, a podcast where we talk about F&B in China. I am your host, Logan, and I'm joined by my excellent co-hosts. Hi guys, I'm Anna. Hi, I'm Elisha. And I think the most important thing of this week, what are we drinking? We're having shots of Jameson. A classic. Dear Lord, help our souls. Let's start ourselves off, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, okay. I am pretty hungover this week. I'm not going to lie. I'm very low energy, so. You're about to get amped up, though. I can feel it. Pumped. I'm going to get pumped. Let's right. do this. The JMO will cure all. And Logan, what are we talking about this week? I was just going to say first about hangovers. My good friend Yuan likes to say, if the hangover is knocking, don't answer the door. <laughs> so that's a little, it's a Swedish version of Hair of the Dog. But uh, okay, so what we're discussing this week is online review sites and how they make or break a business. Cool. For China especially, we use a thing called Dianping. It's like your Yelp and your TripAdvisor rolled into one. Yeah. But you could also buy things on it too. And I think it's more, po- it's a group home and a Yelp and a TripAdvisor all in one. And I think right. it has more societal power than even Yelp. It's it's also kind of a social feed, right? Because uh, you know, users can post photos and reviews and stuff like that, and it all comes onto your front page. Like, there's kind of a trending area of restaurants in the you know in your region or your area, like trending topics, things like that. You know, it's like a necessary evil, right? Because we I do also find a lot of cool things on Yelping, especially if I'm searching for a type of food and I can watch the reviews.、Yeah. But being on the back end, being people that run businesses in Shanghai, we also know that. A lot of that space is bought. Yeah, so pay for it. So you guys, as business owners, can you talk a little bit about how Dianping works from your side? Because it's a bit more complicated than just like an open review site, right? Exactly. So for us, there are people. I, power users is the word I'll use, but like it might not be the correct term.、Mm-hmm. But basically, you have people that are write a lot of reviews or have their KOLs. Or、mm-hmm. there's another term for them now too.、Uh, UTI、uh, KOL is. <laughs> Key opinion leaders, and it's basically the influencer in China. They're、yeah. called KOLs. But there's another one too now that's coming up. They're not as big as a KOL, but they still have a lot of influence. Oh, I don't know. It's like you know, I, I've been hearing the term a lot, and it'll come up to me. But、I'll, it'll be yeah, it. it'll be in the blurb when we write it for the、uh, okay. <laughs> episode intro. But、um, so basically, what you have is these guys that, or gals that have a lot of leeway in the review game, and they can write a review, and it's make or break for your restaurant. And it could even be, which is annoying, not even your restaurant. I've had reviews written for Tacolicious that weren't at Tacolicious. They're right. That were for somewhere else, for and they accidentally else, put、yeah. it there. Like tacos, that's the place to review、it's、them. Super, super annoying. Well,、yeah. these things are make or break because if they give you a bad score under 4.0, you are dead in the water. So I don't, I don't worry too much. I think it's it's the it's the freedom of the society that we live in with the internet and all that. Reviews are okay. I don't mind having to appease to the power users. I have a biggest issue with the company as a whole in the sense that, for you to be searchable in your area, you need to pay an yearly pay.、Yeah. subscription, right? Right. So unless, so for example, we haven't signed up for that service because the business for the last year in COVID has just sounded like too much money for that.、Mm-hmm. But basically, if you search for cocktail bars in the street, I will not show up. I'm only going to show、wow. up if you、okay. search for the name specifically of the bar because they can't block you from that. Yeah. But you don't show up when you're searching for like. Keywords. Yeah, I mean that's some that's some that's some bullshit, right? Yeah, like need, anyone should be able to know. Yeah, you need to pay for that. The second thing that you also have to pay is they have a location thing, which is like a map when you're、mm-hmm. in an area and you can see all the things nearby. Yeah, you only show on the nearby 
if you pay. If you pay, right. Okay. You only show on the front page, even if you have a five-star review from a power user, you only show in the first place, in the first, uh, in the front page. Yeah. If you pay for it. So this is really like a highly monetized. Yeah. Very, very monetized. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's also, like I said, it's make or break. So it's very... um. Yeah, I, I will say, like, uh, for my understanding and, and my experience is that it can be quite a bit more important for restaurants than for yeah, it's, I think for it's a different game. bars, right? Yeah. As a person that's owned both a bar and a restaurant, at, even at the same time, for Logan's Punch, we were always on a five-star rating. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was completely different, the system for yeah. a, a restaurant. So it's that kind of takes you a little bit to get your head around. Yeah. Because it's different ways to mess with the matrix of that. I mean, I think it makes a bit of sense in that uh, food culture is is still a bigger thing than cocktail culture here, right? And so more people are just focused on food. And so that these power users are probably, you know, they that's what they specialize in rather than drinks. You know, it, I think being a drinks professional in China is still kind of like an up and coming concept, right? There's not that many like people who specialize in cocktails and, and bars and stuff like that, as opposed to people who specialize in restaurants and food. But I, I do have a, a um, there, there's a lot of dirty in this game too. I do have a story that happened here. So our rating was, oh, another thing. If you don't pay, you're limited to four stars. Wow. You can't get above it. So no way. Review, really? Yeah, correct. So I am at 3.9 right now because we never paid for it. And we were at a five, basically like we had all five-star reviews or 4.8, 4.5s. We have nothing below 4.5, mm-hmm. but our average only comes out to four because you can only have wow. five-stars that you That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So your your scoring is different basically if you haven't paid for it, right? Extremely misleading to the yeah, average correct. consumer. They put on yeah. because they want to be needed. So they want it to be like, if you want to be fairly judged in this platform, you need to mm-hmm. pay for it, right? Yeah. It basically you lose a point. So if you if you don't pay. Uh, but I had a Western person, a French woman, that gave me zero stars on a review, and I looked at her profile, and that's what she does. She goes around places and gives zero stars. So I don't know if she's what? hired. Yeah, I don't know if she's hired by somebody to do it. Oh, like a different, like the competition. Yes, I looked wow. at her profile, and she has about five or six reviews, and all of them are zero. Damn. Yeah. So she came here. She had what uh, a word. Yeah, I know. We had a we have like a, a like a big like a bagel salmon quesadilla, which is basically like a cream cheese herb smoked salmon kind of quesadilla. Yeah. So she ordered that dish and she ordered a glass of Sauvignon Blanc. I served both and she was even talking to me. And this is the strange thing. She was asking me very invasive questions. She was asking, How much money do you make? Oh, that's weird. like straight yeah, up. That's straight up and I was like, uh, not enough, you know, I <laughs> work more than I should. Yeah. Ah, oh, but you must be really rich to own a bar, huh? How much money did you put in this place? And I was like, Danya. Yeah, none of you, yeah. She kept asking how much was my rent, how much was this? And I keep like dodging them. Yeah. And I was being nice. I was making a little jokes about yeah. how, like a girl never tells, you yeah. know? Going around, she was asking, which is obviously like some sort of market research. I think she was sent to do this. Mm-hmm. She finished her food. She finished her wine, had a second glass of wine, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then she left and everything was fine there was no no issue no complaint oh that's nothing worse too and then the next day she puts a zero star review and says that the owner was rude wouldn't engage with her uh was uh, full of attitude that the that the salmon quesadilla had some weird disgusting creamy thing in it that she didn't understand by the way the menu clearly says it's cream cheese, cream cheese yeah. like right she said that it was disgusting she said the wine was so hard but she couldn't even finish the glass and a photo of the glass she had two glasses of yeah. wine <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw that and there was a guy sitting next to her that was doing some work on his phone or something. She took a photo of him and said that there was no 
Um, everybody was just on their phone because the place was that boring and put a photo of the poor guy. Luckily, I managed to get the photo out of the website because it's not her. It's somebody else. Right. Yeah. So I got him to complain about the photo. But the review is still there. And I went to do a little investigating and she put zero stars on everybody. So I'm thinking in the question she was making, I'm, I think she's like somebody pays her like, hey, I'll, I'll cover your bill for the night. Mm -hmm. Go to these places and just make sure to take photos and leave a really bad review. Wow. But yeah, people should be that person that have that much clout. I know. I, I, I'm still, but, but they do change your average, right? Because if yeah. you have everything 4.5, then you have a zero. Yeah. That, yeah. Put two down. So I'm at 3.9 right now because of that. Well, I mean, did you respond to it? Because you can respond to Dampang as an owner. Yes. So I, I did a response like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way, blah, blah, blah. A little, <laughs> a little defensive because you can't really argue, right? Because if I start arguing with her, I come across as the asshole. Right. And I also uh, messaged Dampang saying that like, look, look at her track record of posts. She's obviously just putting zero on everybody. So it's really like changing people's reviews. And they said they were going to investigate and they did nothing about it. But then again, I'm not a premium paid user, so they don't really care to follow up on right. my investigation. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this girl is a strange exception, but it also uh, it bothers me quite a lot when people leave a review about kind of irrelevant things when it comes to the, the venue's concept. So, um, you know, back some years ago, there was a really popular uh, English review app called Bon App, which I'm sure you guys remember. Still the great app. Yeah, we yeah, well, well, um, well, it's you know, it's less um less important these days, but but there was this time when uh, you guys remember when Yao Lu opened Birds of Paradise, the tiki bar. Yes. Uh, well, someone went on there and left you know a negative review that just said they don't have Baileys and a sad sad face, and like <laughs> I, I, I definitely became a troll because like me and and several other people went on there and we were like. Why are you going to a tiki bar and expecting them to serve you Baileys? Like, what's the big deal? Like, this has nothing to do with their concept or their service or whatever, you know? It's like going to a vegetarian restaurant and asking for a steak. Like, there were all of these things, everyone just hating on her. And, and she was just like, I'm allowed to have whatever opinion I want. It's like, yeah, but why would you leave a negative review, like, for something? Like, like bars are not required to carry your fucking 90s popular drink that because you can't, like, I don't know, like, just... Why I, I think that they don't understand how much they can affect the business with a small complaint so they could just give to the bartender. So they could just say comment. it. Yeah, be like, oh, I, you know, I really wanted a, I really wanted a Bailey's tonight. Would you think about putting it up? But still, it's just like, go somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Don't come to this new tiki bar that has like a, yeah, it's literally a themed bar with a very clear concept. I'm sorry. I'm going to go in another segue, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a mood today, okay? I had a customer here, him and the girl, they had a, he had a beer, she had a Bailey's. They paid the bill. He was complaining to me that the Bailey's is too expensive. Too expensive is ridiculous. Oh, oh yeah. Argue, argue. I remember that. And I said, well, I am sorry. It's on the menu. This is the price. You looked at the menu before ordering. You knew the price. That's what it is, right? Um, everything was fine. Moved on. The next day, I see him coming into the bar, huffing and puffing, dragging his <laughs> girlfriend by the hand. And she's just like literally being dragged. They're just following him. Like she's embarrassed. She's quiet. He comes to me and is like, I went to the bar across the street. Their Baileys are four MMB cheaper than yours. <laughs> and I was like, okay, good for you. You can go. How do you have this space there? in your life to make time to do this? This man has been huffing and puffing for 24 hours to find out there was four MMB cheaper across the street. And for the record, how much is four MMB in US dollars? Uh, like 60 little, cents. Yeah, like 60 cents. It's basically <laughs> seven RMB to the dollar. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about a 60 cent difference. Now, how much is it your Baileys here, just for the record? Uh, it's 54. 
Oh my God, that's so expensive, guys. That's it. <laughs> Burn but this it, place down. It's, it's like 50 across the street. That's what it is. And the, so 50 guys uh, at home, if you do the math, that's about $9. $9. Yeah. Which is not cheap, but it's it's Shanghai. It's the standard yeah, price. It's standard, yeah, it's standard. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. standard. Yeah. But it was just so funny because the guy came huffing and puffing about it. And I was like, I told him, like, you okay. You out of your day for this. Thank you for informing me. Like, what's your point here? What do you want out of it? He's like, I just wanted to know. Shame when you were like, okay, <laughs> bye. Shame on. Shame done. Go <laughs> enjoy your Baileys across the street then. You should have said, don't shame in my eyes. It was just, it was, it was. That's a clean, dirty joke for those listening yeah. at home. I, I did it. <laughs> anyway, it's just, that's the problem. We have a lot of entitlement when it comes to customers. Yeah. I have a choice to look at the menu. I have a choice to go elsewhere. Yeah, of course. I mean, and That's frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating when customers do that, especially if they see your menu. Yeah. It's not like you're pulling one over on them. Like The funny thing is that I don't know how much Bailey's around town. I didn't make a market research on that. I checked for the gin and tonics, for the vodka, for the beer. I made everything competitive. And then I have this blanket of alcohol that nobody ever orders, and I just put them all at the same price. 54, 54 RMB or whatever for just like a standard pour of a spirit is completely normal. Yeah. You guys are 45 ml already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, I just put a blanket standard because I, d I didn't think that was worth my time to go investigate how much Bailey's is around it's town. It's absolutely not worth your time. Also, I've only sold about two glasses of that's it a, in the whole year. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I just can't imagine compl complaining about certain things like this or leaving a review about something like that you know but it is very powerful here and you know and the thing is i do value dan ping like i go on there quite a bit you know i discover new restaurants i look for you know specific things in my area or if someone's looking for new stuff you know i click on stuff that's trending um you know like one one time i was looking and i found like i was just looking at stuff and i realized that there was a cafe that specialized in scones right near my house like they have like 25 different kind of scones and i was like this is awesome. I'm definitely going there, you know? And so seeing this feed and stuff, it, it is interesting. But I will also say, I do not really pay attention to the star reviews. Like, I, I simply use this as a source of information, finding addresses, finding hours, and sometimes getting coupons because you can get great coupons on damping. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Damping isn't just for restaurants and bars. Like, if the massage place we usually go to, that place. Yeah, we always get a coupon. We always get a coupon. Yeah. We get a coupon. So it's an amazing... It is an amazing vehicle for discovering places and using stuff. But a very frustrating vehicle for business owners, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, when I get reviews that say, like, oh, everything is good, I like the service, four stars, mm -hmm. it's like, give us some feedback that we can enact on. Yeah, why did we lose that one star? Like, what can we have done? If you say, okay, the food's too salty, we understand that. <laughs> if you say everything's good, we liked it, four stars, doesn't help. Yeah. I love it. Great experience of my life, 3.5 stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I guess it's it can be a little bit hard for us to understand as well, because I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. That this is a culture where people respect platforms that that people pay to use and, and pay for advertisements and things like that. It's a huge part of the marketing culture here. And so for me, you know, a, a site that is inherently biased and that you need to pay for it to to be a successful listing, you know, that that annoys it does annoy me a lot like i do think that these sites should be based on merit not based on someone just having to pay but but people don't feel that way here they're like okay well this place has the money to pay and they're going to pay for it they must be a good restaurant yeah. as well because they have the money to do this kind of thing you know i i'm i feel like that's part of the thinking as well or they're just like whatever people pay to get ahead you know i think a lot of them don't know i think the general consumer does not know 
that it's... I'm not sure. I, I feel like the general foreigner doesn't know, but I don't know that the, well, the, like for example, the general local consumer doesn't know. Which is Western. That's pay to play as well. Which one? Sorry? TripAdvisor. No, it's not. Yeah, no. If I want the premium, because we're on TripAdvisor, and I, I'm always seeing like I get a, get a premium package. <laughs> that is definitely like... Yeah, but the reviews, it doesn't stop from the amount of stars that you can get. Your, your average is still based on that. You can get basically front page space. Yeah, there is there's there is a difference, I think, between paying to be able to get a high enough rating or, you know, paying to be able to be pushed to the top yeah. of a search listing, right? A, a search engine, right? You know, like, yeah, okay, I'm searching for taco rest- Mexican restaurants in the area. And taco, you paid for Taco Licious to be one of the top hits, right? Yeah. And, and that's something that is on every platform. It's on Google. It's on Facebook, whatever, you know? And... But but the, the, it it does upset me that what you guys just taught me about you can only your highest is a four star you know based on whether or not you pay I think that's yeah, quite frustrating. I mean we definitely pay so I know that it's something we have to do. Yeah. Restaurant. Like I said, as a bar and a restaurant, it's completely different right. things. It's so interestingly with that. But with with it all said, I mean, I still never want to hire KOLs. Uh-huh. Don't want them coming over because it's really annoying. But at the same time, their use is so can help good. your business yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm on the plans to pay it. It's just I haven't been able to justify the budget paying for it. We're talking about it's over a couple thousand US dollars. Yeah. So we're talking about around, we're talking about between three to five thousand US dollars a year. Yeah. So it's not like it is a couple hundreds that you can just no, spare here. It's, it's a lot of money. No, and, and to be honest, like if I would with clients I work with and stuff, you know, if it was a restaurant, I would and and they asked, you know, should we pay to, to utilize this service, I would say, like, absolutely. If it's a bar, I would say, wait a bit, see how it goes, you know? that that I mean, that would be, I guess, my professional recommendation based on what I know. So I think for you, not paying for it, it, it makes sense. You should not pay for it yet. It's it's a lot, you know? I mean, th- we're, we're very fortunate we live in a high-tech city that has all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, in a high-tech country that has, we have apps for everything. Mm-hmm. Literally, like you use your phone to pay for everything and do everything at the same time, mm-hmm. which is an amazing accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, reviews are part of life. You don't, you know, it's one of those tough things. Anna's giving me dirty looks because I'm not talking to the mic enough. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> I, well, I, 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 one t- give you guys a little behind the scenes. Right I'm, I'm the tech person here, and I keep looking at them, and they keep looking at each other, moving away from the microphone, and I'm just here doing signs, <laughs> talk into the microphone, keep the safe distance. Yeah. Well, and I do, I do think that, you know, damping is quite good for kind of niche things. You know, I was just traveling in another city in Suzhou and I was looking for vegan restaurants in the area. And I found this like tiny little place that, you know, it had some reviews, but not tons of comments and stuff like this. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go check this out. And we went to this like very small place, like owned by an older couple. And like, it was amazing, you know, and, and it was so easy to find because of because of damping and just like some of the photos and stuff that people posted, you know, and um, yeah, that, that, that was that's helpful. I mean, people need that. Right. And people traveling, and if you're coming to China, please download the damping app, D I A N P I N G. Yeah. And the reason being, it's very useful. It's very very helpful. Remember, when you come here, if you don't have a VPN, you can't use Facebook, you can't use Google, you can't use Twitter, right. or X or whatever it's called now. You really you, you need to get on board with the with the local apps. So yeah, DMPing is a, a super helpful app. Um, and I think and and Apple and actually, you know what else is good is that Apple Ma- uh, Apple Maps is connected to DMPing. Yeah. So when you're searching restaurants and stuff, it will lead you to it will lead you to DMPing. Yeah. And yeah. also, you could get a car like that too. If yeah. You have your your wallet set up. But I think that wraps up the news we've been talking about today. Yeah. yeah. 
guys. Um, boom. And we have a segment that's recurring here called Tales of Horror from F&B. <laughs> not the name of the segment. <laughs> what is the name of the segment, Anna? F&B Horror Stories. <laughs> See, I was trying to give it a little horror. All right, so I've got a story this week. This is coming secondhand from a bartending friend of ours who spent eight years uh, bartending in New York and thus has many stories for me to steal. Okay, so um, one night, He's bartending and there's a, you know, there's a, a guy, a gentleman and a woman sitting at the bar. The, the guy's kind of older, you know, kind of late 60s, something like that. And the woman is like very young and beautiful, whatever. couple like this. They're just at the bar, having drinks, hanging out. Everything's totally normal and fine. And then all of a sudden, our, our friend, the bartender, hears a huge slap. Okay. And and they're not sure what happens. And they And they look over. And the guy has this, like, stunned look on his face, okay? Like, massive slap in the face. So they're like, oh, my gosh, what's what's going on? Okay, so he goes over, and he's like, is everything okay here? You know, like, do you do, do you need some help, whatever? And and the woman just looks at him, and she goes, oh, we'll, take, oh, we'll just take the check. Like, super nonchalant, casually, whatever. And he's like, oh, okay. And she looks at the guy, and she says, and you're going to pay for it, right? You're going to pay for this check. And he's like, yeah, 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 I am. And she was like, yeah, you're going to pay for it. You're going to do whatever I want, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. And so she starts slapping him again in the face. And she was like, <laughs> so she just starts slapping him, whatever. She's like, you're going to pay for this bill. And then we're going to whatever. Go you do whatever little I naughty want. bitch. Yeah. And and then she well, starts it's like. It's not a family podcast anymore. <laughs> and so, you know, so our friend, the bartender is like, whoa, whoa, whoa guys, you got to calm down. And she was like, oh, no, he, he likes it. You know, he's going to do whatever I want and starts pinching his nipples and stuff at the bar. And so. Eventually, our bartender is like, okay, you, you guys got to go. You, you just got to leave. Here's your check. You got to get out of here. And they leave. So, oh, it's so uh, basically, you know, this this guy was on a date. He was the sub, right? And was with this woman who was just there to um, boss him around and do that kind of thing. But it was very jarring, I think, for the staff to see this happening just so openly, <laughs> right, in the in the middle of the bar with like a bit of a bit of violence and that kind of thing. Violence. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's my story. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable, right? Okay. I've got one. Uh, this happened to me when I was a baby bartender. I was a bar back, which is the way you start bartending is being a bar back. I was working at a nightclub called Swig in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So this is 2001. Whoa. This is the coolest nightclub. Everybody listening back in Ohio... You don't know about New Mexico, but New Mexico is awesome. Man. How did they give you a job when you were like five years old? I wish I was five years old. I was already 21. <laughs> Very specific. I was, yeah, I literally made it till I was 21. Okay, go. Uh, so I'm there. I'm a barback. So barback means you have to do the worst of the jobs. This is, I had to mop everything, clean everything, uh, restock all the beers, everything like that. In a nightclub, it gets a lot more gross. Mm-hmm. What I had to do was... Uh, there was a lady who was standing at the bar. We had this like cool circle bar uh, in the blue room. There was four different rooms, different Like a colors. central bar? Yeah. Okay. And every room was different themed, different music. Mm-hmm. And the bathrooms all had astro, astro tour from the walls. It was super cool. Why? Because it was cool. I don't know. This, this is early 2000s, okay? <laughs> Grunge was a thing. It was super cool back then. We, we listened a lot to like 90s bands. It was mm-hmm. cool. But it was all like a club. It was still club music everything. Okay. Anyway, so- 
this lady is standing, uh, we're in the blue room, next to us is the white room. This lady standing there goes to her husband, I don't feel good. The bartender turns around and looks at me, and this is a packed Friday night, looks at me and goes, Logan, get the mop and bucket, something's gonna happen. She's gonna puke. And I'm like, oh goodness, I've never had to clean up puke before, I've never oh, used the mop. Your first time. You never forget. The lady does not puke. As she's walking to through the white room to the restrooms with the AstroTurf, she decides to poop. No. Everywhere. Oh. And she's wearing a skirt. No. And this isn't real. No, no. real. No, it's it was real and gross. And like no. everybody's <laughs> like kind of in shock. Like this is in a white room. She leaves the blue room to the white room. Mm-hmm. It's still on the same floor. The elevator's down to the red room. Poop but in the white room. Everywhere there's poop. Poop to the to the ladies' room. How? The owner goes there. The owner's there, and he's like, like trying to kick her out. She's locked in the bathroom, like, crying or whatever. Oh, wait, yeah, it's her woman, and poor you. I like, and they're like, yeah, Logan, get the mop out. It's like, super cleaning. Oh, my God. This is not a job I got that for. That is a true, uh, that is an absolutely true horror story. Horrible. And then, like, I was so gross. Dark, so obviously, I didn't know what to do. And, like, all the bartenders were like, after that, no, it's okay. Normally, you give a bar bag uh, X amount of tips per night. It's, I think, 10%, generally, or 25%, depending on the bar. They gave me a lot more tips, but there's poop. I'm pretty sure I would have just quit. I, I wanted to see it through. <laughs> Not the poop part, but, I, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't. But the I would have just been like, I'm out. The owner's trying to kick her out and charge her. And I was like, if you charge her, do I get any of that? Like, I was so oh, yeah. Confused. Oh, that's like, okay. To, 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 to charge her, floor. okay, puking is one thing because it's really your fault. Like, you got way too wasted and you yacked all over. Like, okay, there should be a service charge for that. But pooping, that poor woman, oh my God. So it was just split like oh a gun. <laughs> Look, I would be a bit more uh, more kind to this one situation if it never happened. But oh. I've worked in places here in China. We're lucky enough to hire, like, cleaning people. So the bars have, like, a glass washer. They also does the cleanup and all that. But when I worked in many bars before, even not only as a bar back, but as a bartender as well, mm-hmm. it's your job to clean everything after, including the bathrooms, right? Yeah. And the amount of poop on the walls that I found. Oh, my God. It's like, how? And sometimes it's like, it goes all the way to almost the ceiling and you're just Oh, like, my God. How did this happen? And like, you don't know because it's all, of course, inside a stall, but it's it's crazy. So, yeah, I would have an extra charge oh too for God. that, like, to I, be fair. I, I really have OCD of the public bathroom. So that kind of, like, hearing these stories it is literally a well, hard story. Absolute nightmare. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. O- OCD of the bathroom-related things, particularly public restroom situation. Yeah. So I, I have a... Patience. Actually, I was going to go for a Reddit story today, but one of your stories reminded me of something. You know, I almost told a poop story today, and I'm really glad I didn't because it would have been... Well, you had to go for your... Uh, allowed. It would have been a theme for the night. No, mine is, is back to the sexual one. So um, I won't say where, but it was a, a nice, um, like, hotel bar. And back in the day, there were a lot of business travelers. And because of that, there were a lot of... In China. Yeah, there, was, okay. there were a lot of prostitutes as well a lot of working women but the higher ends for hotels they dress up really nice they a lot of them are foreigners we're talking about like high end mm-hmm. this guy's sitting at the bar and this girl is there and she's very obviously i think very open about it like well you can you, tell because they only have like i, one rem- glass I remember the, i remember the story actually yeah Go. she sits only she sits next to him they start talking 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 and i think by this point she already mentioned that he could pay to take her to the room or something right he, mm-hmm. he has been she kind of clear it's clear. Like, I think I think so. I mean, the, the whole dynamic is very obvious because there's this girl sitting alone that goes sit next to him, ask if he needs a date for the night. You know, like, it's it's easy to understand. So he starts ordering, oh, yeah, uh, what would you like to drink? And she's like, oh, I would like a Monkey 47 and tonic. And a Monkey 47 in China, we're talking a drink that's around $20. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? So they have one, they have two, they have three rounds. They're drinking. And then I see them getting a little piece of paper and they were writing like naughty things back and forth about like like sexual positions and and I don't know what else. So uh, I, I won't say it on the podcast. I'm trying to keep it a little bit more mm-hmm. PG. But they were basically like, because they didn't want to say it out loud, they were doing it through paper and giggling and whispering the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They have about maybe I'm going to say five drinks or something each of Monkey 47. Okay. And then he leaves. He just say like, oh, sorry, it's okay, cool, fine, whatever. Ask for the bill. <laughs> and he, they didn't ask the bill for me. They asked for somebody else, paid, blah, blah, left. So he left. The girl's there. And the girl's like, oh, okay, I guess I didn't didn't get a job tonight. And then I realized that he only paid for his drinks. He left her with a $100 bill. Ooh, smart. Wow. I just thought it was kind of mean because when I when we that told the girl, mean. we told the girl like, so you, you know, you owe this much. She starts crying. Because she doesn't have the money and she doesn't know what to do. Yeah, she knew what to do. Oh, ooh. oh, oh! But but if he if he says, "Can I buy you a drink?" Right? Or there? Yeah, no, no. That's no. That's, he definitely let her on. So she starts crying and not knowing what to do with the bill. And she's panicking. She's texting friends. She's asking, "Can anyone send me money?" We're talking about like a really big bill. Yeah. Like, what are we looking at? Like, uh, we're talking about like a thousand RMB. No, no, no. Well, around a thousand RMB. So we're talking about like fifty dollars. Yeah, hundred fifty dollars or something. But for for you know a working girl, that's a lot of money for me. I don't know for yeah. one. I I you know. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. That's, that's, that's a huge night. Yeah, thousand RMB. Yeah, yeah. Drinks. So yeah. So she was there really upset, and luckily another customer at the bar that saw the entire interaction actually decided like it's okay. Put on my bill. I'll, I'll cover wow. her. And he didn't, they didn't go home with her or anything. The guy was just, he just felt really yeah, sorry right. for the girl yeah. crying. Yeah, right. He was a gentleman. Yeah, right. Oh, come right. on. No, she left. She left after that. He stayed at the closing of the bar. I think for him, like, it was a business traveler that definitely had a lot of money and saw the interaction and thought it was fucked up. And the girl was also, this gentleman ended up paying for the bill was much older. We're talking about his 60s or 70s. And this girl oh, was like 20. And I think that when, no, no, the guy that actually paid. Oh, the guy who paid. So okay. he actually paid. I think he saw her like a, a 21, 22-year-old girl that just got herself, like, yeah. screwed over for a lot of money and he yeah. could afford it. So he just covered, I don't know, company expense or whatever. But, yeah, just, it was really uncomfortable because it was a good half an hour and she was there just crying and I did not know what to do because she did drink the drinks. Yeah. Treat them like you want to make some extra money. Also, though, maybe that also taught her a lesson. Like, don't automatically just order the most expensive thing on the menu. Yeah. You're not quite sure how the night's going to end up, right? Because <laughs> well, we used to have that a lot at a lot of the different nightclubs I worked at. And it was, they'd have a glass of wine and nurse it for the whole night. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense because, right. you know, red wine doesn't need to be warm or cold. It's just red wine. Well, she wasn't ordering those while she was sitting by herself, right? She was yeah. ordering once the guy told her to order a drink. Yeah, well, that's what but so, that's, that's what I mean. She yeah, was under the impression yeah. he was covering the bill before she was nursing her glass of wine for a very long time. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I can always tell. Yeah. That's, that was the way we could tell. Like, if she's a glass of wine, she's there for 20 minutes. Yeah. She's not there for uh, her pleasure. Yeah. Wow. Oh. That's, that sucks, though. Well, these are Ben F and B horror stories. <laughs> Actually, kind of put the hoe in horror. Oh. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here all night. Enjoy the Big Mac taco. Now it's time for another classic segment, Drinks I've Been Drinking. Who wants to go first? What have you, what, Logan, what have you been drinking this week? What have I been drinking this week? Yeah. Well, ladies, I made the Mancello myself. <gasps> How do you do it? 
Oh, it's very, very delicate. What you do is you take the skin of 10 lemons, mm-hmm. uh, then you soak it in vodka or anything over 40 proof. Okay. I did it. How much vodka? vodka? Uh, 700? 750. Okay. Uh, and then you let it soak for 10 days. Okay. And then you add a mix of simple syrup. Mm-hmm. And simple syrup is equal parts sugar and water. Yeah. How much simple syrup? Uh, it'll be in the it'll be in the description for the episode. <laughs> okay. To taste. Simple syrup to taste. What is this? Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> to taste. I want to know how to make it. <laughs> and then you let it sit, and it's delicious. Yeah. If you ever had an angel dancing across your lips, mm-hmm. it's this. <laughs> What did you do with that? I made limoncello. A limoncello spritz. Oh, that sounds refreshing and lovely. I wanted something like Anna got me on this whole thing about Aperol spritz. Yeah, I still don't <laughs> like. Yeah, remember we had an episode. We had an episode about it, but I wasn't trying to convince anybody to go down there. Right? But I love a good spritz. I mean, I, I prefer a Campari spritz to be honest, but yeah. yeah, but but spritz in general, very into it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was one of those things like I wanted summer something summery that you can have fun with. Yeah, it's like a boozy lemonade. Yeah, it's a boozy lemonade, exactly. But like uh, limoncello, is just a that's a wonderfully nice drink. Yeah, and it doesn't spoil. So after you make it, you can keep it for ages for a while. Yeah, and that's the drink I've been drinking. Nice, nice, Anna. Uh, so I went to a house party, well, got a dinner party with uh, a friend of ours that actually hosts a little speakeasy bar at her house. Mm-hmm. Is why I'm pretty. Was that the woman that didn't have the monkey 47? <laughs> no. Uh, but here's why I am very low energy today because I am very tired of it. And we had many rounds of many delicious cocktails. Mm-hmm. What was the standout for you? Uh, so the standout is that, uh, I mean, it's horrible to say because I'm the one making it, but <laughs> I am not something by <laughs> I was excited by it. Because looking at the ingredients, um, I wanted to do something similar to a Godfather, but I find a Godfather to be a bit too sweet. Mm-hmm. Like recipe for those at home? So Godfather is basically rye whiskey and amaretto. Mm-hmm. But I find it generally too... This is very sweet. Too yeah. sweet. Yeah. So I did a play on that in the cabaret, which basically I put rye whiskey, uh, dry vermouth, chocolate beaters, and amaretto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did like use a, a nice like orange twist, and mm-hmm. it was delicious. And That's it was very lovely. crushable, and... Uh, Unfortunately, it took away all my soul today. <laughs> <laughs> but last night you were feeling. Oh, last great. night was great. Went it. down now, great. Just for the everybody at home, Anna's hair is dyed like a blow pop, so she starts out blue on top and it ends at red. <laughs> Am I correct or yeah. it's a very American thing? Yeah, it's a very blow popish. Yeah, it is kind of like a blow pop. Hey, yeah, Alicia's hair is blue as well. Yeah, uh, my hair is gray. So <laughs> no, nothing. He's rocking the salt and pepper. I had old man. I'm into your salt and pepper, though. I really like it. Yeah. It's sophisticated. Yeah. So, Alicia, what drink have you been drinking? Okay. So, a friend of ours, bartending friend of ours here, uh, who has come back to Shanghai um, maybe within the last. You are obsessed with <laughs> that woman. About monkey, poor Monkey 47 girl. Okay. No, this is a friend who also, you know, reps some gin. Okay. He, he makes. Um, a gin brand called Offbeat. O-F-T. Yeah, Offbeat. O-F-O-F-B-T. Yeah, well, so uh, our friend Chase White, uh, bartender here in China, um, and he is now doing a pop-up concept at a, a, at night at a friend's cafe called Egg. Yeah, and so his pop-up concept, he's got a list of classics and a list of signatures, um, and I popped by there last night before they opened just to see what was up. And I had one of his twists on classics, which was a 
pondon daiquiri. Um, That's delicious. Uh, Pond daiquiri, you know. So I love a daiquiri. Pondon is absolutely one of my favorite flavors. For those of you um, outside of East Asia, pondon is the, basically they call it like the vanilla of Asia. You know, it's a leaf. It's a, it's a bit nutty. It's a bit creamy, and it, it's really just fabulous. Um, I would say that if there's something with pondon on the menu, I'll pretty much always order it. And so, yeah, just that's a pandu for you. Yeah. Yeah, pandu. No, I yeah. love it. So it's basically, yeah, it's between like a vanilla and a custard kind of thing. You make a syrup out of it and it goes yeah. well with everything. Cakes, puddings, uh, yeah, drinks, coffee, everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, in my spare time with the same friend whose house Anna was at last night getting too drunk, uh, we, we do, we bake cakes and stuff and we do a lot of pondon things because I, like I love it. Yeah. That. For another episode. another time, yeah. I want yeah. to talk so much about yeah. We, we can we can talk cake another time, but anyways, they I love pandan. Yeah, we do make we do make main key. Yeah, main main Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, this was like a really in general really fabulous daiquiri. You know, it it was just just classic, just rum, lime juice, pandan syrup. But the but the way the pandan came through was like very subtle, only on the finish, and so you kind of just had this like. The, that perfect punch of sour that you get from a great daiquiri followed by this creamy, creamy finish. And I really, you know, I sucked it down in like five minutes. It was absolutely delicious. And, you know, I think a lot of people do pandan daiquiris or something like that, but not everyone does it quite right. Like to make the syrup, right, Anna? I mean, you know, like some people just don't make make the syrup well enough or, you know, you it says there's pandan in there, but you don't taste it and whatever. And so really boil the leaf. A lot of people just put the leaf inside a bottle of simple syrup and let it infuse and you never get yeah. enough flavor on it. Um, but yeah, I, I also went to, to Chase's pop-up, but the drink I had was called Oh Honey. Mm-hmm. I saw this on the menu and I was really, I was torn between so many drinks. Like, I can't wait to go back. It was actually. delicious. I don't, I'm sorry, Chase, I don't remember all the ingredients. I didn't take a photo, but I know we had a truffled honey mm. in it. Was this the one with parmesan yes. and black pepper? And the top yeah. had black pepper, parmesan, and basil. So it was very aromatic. Oh, nice. And yeah. the, the honey... It wasn't overly truffled. It was just the right amount. It just came out like completely balanced, and it's beautiful on the nose. Yeah, that, is, that sounds. But Chase, Chase always makes incredible drinks. To be fair, yeah, I mean that really sounds fabulous. Yeah, these drinks are amazing. So if anyone is in town, if anyone is in Shanghai, please go check out uh, Chase's pop up at Egg, eight p.m. to two a.m. every night. Every night. Now, this episode will come out on Saturday. Still every night. Uh, I think the 4th of August, 5th of August. I'm not good at mm-hmm. days. So, oh no, it's Wednesday, August 2nd as we record this, even though we try to be evergreen. Yeah. But for this but it's happening now and for some time. So, yeah. Yeah. For some time. For some time. No. <laughs> for some time. <laughs> not for some time. This monkey party sound. I don't know what really messed up the flow of the podcast. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's it's true. But anyways, yeah, pandan daiquiri. Great twist on the glass. Pandan is like a big green leaf. Um, we already explained. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. I've never seen it before I came here. It's amazing. Oh, really? Okay. It, okay. So I I am quite familiar with pandan as it's very popular in Singapore, which is where I grew up, and it's used in a lot of desserts there. And so really anywhere in Southeast Asia, it's it's pretty it's pretty prevalent. Like like we said, it's the vanilla of Southeast Asia, you know. So I'm just I'm trying to think people that uh, don't know Southeast Asia or Asia that well. Like if you ever go to a Thai restaurant, they do sago, mm-hmm. right? That dessert, it looks like, like a rice pudding dessert, and they wrap it in a pandan leaf. Uh, the coconut. The, yeah. Well. It's coconut sago, I think, right? Usually, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And then they, and they, they also do like a, a pandan leaf wrapped chicken. Like there's yeah. there's that pandan chiffon cake is very popular in Singapore. Chiffon cake is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, pandan, uh, they often put it in kaya jam, which is like an egg jam that you eat on toast, sometimes flavored with pandan, sometimes without. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's very, very delicious. I'm sure very if there's any type of Asian specialty market or supermarket in your region in the U.S. or in Europe, yeah. I'm sure you can find something pandan flavored. Yeah. It's like you can't really run away yeah. from it in an Asian like store. Yeah. And I, I actually, so you were talking about the syrup and the way to make it. Um, I actually have another pandan syrup recipe that I got from a Hong Kong bartender who, uh, and I really love this recipe. And so you actually, you put in the blender, the sugar, water, and whole pandan leaves, and you blend it all together. And the whole thing turns like this bright green and you just let it sit. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Also like a little pinch of baking soda. Um, but you put it all all in the blender, turns bright green, and then you know, let it sit for a bit and then just strain out the pulp from the leaves. And it's like the flavor is excellent. It's cool. very, it sounds it's very, good. very good. It it's so really good. great. Because that, yeah. that sounds like it'd be a really cool frozen yeah, it's really good. And sometimes I even put a, I, I put a pinch of sea salt in there too, which I really like a salted pandan. I think it's great. And so, yeah, I, we can we can share that recipe. Oh, yeah, let's do that. that the original like recipe. Yeah. Now, we've got some fun news coming up, not this week, but we have Whiskey L in our futures. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So listeners at home. Ending note, yeah. Uh, Whiskey L is a huge trade show that we do. We used to do every year here. Obviously, there were some complications, but... Huge, fantastic whiskey show of all the biggest whiskey brands in Asia. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. And it's coming to Shanghai from the 8th of August till the 12th of August, I think. Yeah, something like that. So next week's episode will be a normal episode. Then after that, we're going to be talking about Whiskey L. Whiskey L edition. Yeah, so we're really, really looking forward to that. And like everything, we really, really appreciate you guys listening to us and taking time out to hang out with us. Uh, Please like and subscribe us. Shout out to our friends in Ohio who seem to really like us. And Florida, I guess. Yeah. Always big shout out to Cyrix. I know you get a kick out of listening to this. And everybody else, thank you so much. This has been another episode of China on the Rocks. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.